Hey, Chris, do you want to hear the Superman theme, but in the voice of a cow? I, I want. My life just got so much better. Quack, quack, duck. <laughs> this fucking quack, quack. This fucking thing. <laughs> Trying to buy musical instruments for Ella. and uh, Yeah. So she can get into music. And she loves that one. But uh, she puts it on the cow and the duck setting constantly. Anyway. I would. Yeah, why not? <laughs> but the actual, I gotta say, for a kid's toy... By the way, I think we've started proper now, and this is a weird intro, but... Cool. But... Shut up, fucking thing. But... Piano time, motherfucker! (laughs) (laughs) This is an episode where I don't want to do a lot of editing, right? Um, So all of this is going to stay in. Um, um, I must say, though, and this is a sort of throwing shade on... um, synth players everywhere and uh, not synth players but synth producers the response time of these keys is far better than a synth like it's amazing <laughs> it's really good in fairness nice. but it is it is mono yeah i know, uh, I know. but you could do really cool shit i love it anyway so the response <laughs> oh, time <laughs> the response time is amazing Ah, oh, now you can just hear the mic. Anyway. Got a shitload of DSP, that thing. <laughs> it's amazing. I love it. So, uh, <laughs> pretty cool. Anyway, how are you, Chris? I am fine. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, how are you? <laughs> Not bad. And welcome to this week's edition of BPM Pod with the strangest intro ever. I'll actually play yes. the, the proper jingle now, though. I need to upgrade that one. Uh, I think it sounds already dated. How, long, how old is it now? One year, two years? It's one and a half. I'm going to remix that, brother. You're going to... Re- oh, shit. You know what we should do for... Like, we need seasons. And uh, each season has a new intro. Okay, so this is the end of season one. Oh, okay, cool. We need a new intro for next time. Actually, Hell yeah. okay, so this won't technically be the end of season one. Because today we're going to talk about music we've been listening to, some... We're going to also look at fact or fiction, and then we're going to go into a pedal that we've talked about lots and our sort of nerdy <laughs> gear section at the end. So we'll do that later yeah. too. But so this technically won't be the end of season one. So the end of season one will be the next episode, which is Annalisa Lombardo's interview, which I'm going to do next week. So that could be the end of season one. But you're going to completely redo the melody or you're just going to remix it? I don't know. I think we should... Is- Hmm. You choose. I don't mind. We need, like, we we do need to have brand recognition, right? So the melody melody should stay, I think. But I think I'm gonna re-record it. Oh, how much free time do you have? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a 20 second jingle, so <laughs> so it's gonna take you about you know 10 hours. Nah, no way, man. If maybe three to four, I think. But you'll invoice for 10. <laughs> Whom should I invoice? <laughs> That's how freelancers. Do we have a sponsor? Uh, the sponsor for today is. We should just include one. They don't even yeah, know how. Uh, every other YouTuber is like Raid Shadow Legends yeah. and Nord VPN, and so why can't we get one? Because I've not tried, but that's all right. That's number one. But um, we should just pick. You should. One. We should just pick one. Do you know what today's sponsor is going to be? Music equipment companies. Whether they like it or not, today's sponsor is Harmon Professional. I don't know what they do. Um, what do Harmon Professional do? Do you know? No, I don't I know. Harmon Professional Solutions, a manufacturer of professional audio, video, lighting, and control systems from AKG to AMX to BSS to Crown to DBX. 
Uh, All right. So they do a lot of this stuff. It's part of the uh, Samsung group. I'll have you know. Nice. And, uh, I could go for a DBX compressor. <laughs> there we go. They do a lot of stuff behind, yeah, a lot of sound systems, including in stadiums, including speakers in your home, including in BMWs by the looks of it. And they look kind of cool. So that is our sponsor, Harman Professional Solutions, a Samsung company. Maybe you should like contact like smaller companies for real and ask them. No, we, if we... we should, for sure. We'll sell our souls for anything. We will. <laughs> yeah. We don't even really want anything in return. Like, yeah. <laughs> Suddenly we have like a makeup uh, sponsor thing. And, oh, dude, that new conditioner, my riffs sound <laughs> so much better. <laughs> There's a German company called Dildo King. There is. <laughs> maybe we should ask them. I was thinking we'd go musical, but you know, maybe they'll be I fine. I can make a dildo make a sound. They could, oh my God. You just wait. If we get in touch with them and promise that we'll make a song with a dildo, I'm sure they'll love it. Dude, I'm going to make a video as well. I don't give a fuck. This is going to be great. Yeah. Season two of BPM Pod is going to be nuts. Um, <laughs> oh. And I like it. There we go. Um, we're going to go deep on this stuff. Balls to the wall. <laughs> yeah. Which is a wonderful phrase. Anyway, this has been complete nonsense um, <laughs> for five minutes. Yep. And I don't know how much of it we're going to keep in, but let's see. What have you been up to musically, Chris? How's your uh, musical journey going on your end? All right. So I made a, I, 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 again, I sold stuff in, from, uh, from a studio, from a room um, because I was, now I have like a lot of pedals lying around, some rather new, some have been here for quite a while. And like I try to be honest with myself these days. If I don't if I haven't been using something for at least half a year, I should probably sell it. There are exceptions. Some of those things have like emotional value and got some memories attached. And some have some collectors um uh, value to them but other things just have been gathering dust on my shelf and i haven't been using them but you know what i use every day for at least six hours that is my pc uh like music production goes more and more uh, in the digital direction and i have plugins of effects i could never acquire an analog because they're way too expensive and my production tends to be more advanced and like 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 bigger every year so i thought to myself i'm going to upgrade my cpu because it's not all about ram uh, you need a good ass cpu to handle all the the plugins and the samples and whatever well the ram handles the samples i think but yeah if you have like 50 to 60 to 70 tracks with various uh, plugins on there uh you're going to need some some processing power, bro. So I sold three pedals and made about 500 euros and put them straight into a Ryzen 5950X. So I should be good for at least five years, I hope. And it's cool. Like, the PC is booting so fast. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> and like uh, Ableton, I, I produce with Ableton, uh, has this uh, CPU... Um, What's it called? Hang on. A CPU meter. Yeah, CPU meter. That's what it's called. I'm just looking it up. And that just went down 20% uh, in a project that has been like filled with uh, like uh, plugins and stuff. So yeah, I think the like the investment was worth it. Um, I'm still checking like a like a program if the if it's getting too hot. Right now it's at 80 degrees Celsius. I don't think that's optimal. So I might need to upgrade uh, the cooling, but I think as long as I'm not at at 100 uh, um, degrees, I'm fine for another couple of weeks. And so yeah, because I still won't go back to to Mac. Uh, I would like to. I would like to use uh, more Logic and stuff, and I like the workflow on Apple, but motherfuckers are way too expensive. So yeah. Well, there we go. Yeah, that, nice. Yeah, still producing the new Vinehart album. Uh, it's going slower than I thought, but 
uh, still working out. It's working out. Yeah, what's what's your guitar adventure doing, my friend? Not much at the minute, and I feel bad because originally I was writing some songs and record and was said to you, "Look, I need to record these. There's a couple I'd like to do before Ella's birthday," and I just didn't get around to it. Um, yeah, you you message me about that like every other. I month. message you about it every other month, exactly. When I've when I've been super inspired by some gig or something, and then I'm like, "Yeah, I'm going to do it," and then I wake up and I'm like, oh, "I can't be asked." So, um, my, <laughs> and then I get sober ex- and I don't want anymore. Exactly. So my motivation <laughs> is, uh, very up and down at the moment. Now, what I've been doing at the minute is just practicing lots, getting back on the piano and practicing more. I really neglect nice. practice, um, massively. And it's fine because I can play the piano. Fine. You know, like after you've played it for so long, you will just be good to a certain degree. Yeah. Right. But it's, yeah, you're great because, it, but it's all the same shit is what I'm doing now. Like, you know, four kind of chord stuff, improv a little bit. It's not nothing too technical. Now, to a lot of people, that sounds super impressive. And they're like, wow, you can just jam along with me and play. And that's really cool. (laughs) But as you know, most songs are open mics and jam nights and stuff. They tend to follow similar patterns of sorts. So Mm -hmm. improving along to them isn't difficult. Like, it really isn't too tough. Um, So while it sounds impressive to everyone else, for me, it's not challenging enough. So I've really been starting to practice a lot more at the minute. And right. going back to really boring shit, scales, arpeggios, broken uh, scales, chromatics, stuff like this, which is boring, but it's a bit like going to the gym, right? You need to just kind of do some of the boring shit, uh, the routine, yep. cardio, don't skip leg. Progressive overload, bro. Don't skip leg day. Um, yeah. Stuff like that. So no, that's what I've been doing a lot of recently. Um and then playing at a few open mics. And I have a little small not gig, more like performance in June. So that's nice. Hell yeah. That'll be my first sort of live venture for that'd be almost three years at that point. So yeah, that'll be fun. Nice. Part of a little- in, in Sweden or- Near where I live, they have a little street festival. That's all. So it's only like an outdoor, you know, play on a small outdoor stage thing for a couple of hours. But yeah, it'll be fun. So look, Hell yeah. So practicing ahead of that, deciding what songs I'm going to play and uh, singing a bit, a little bit again to get it back into practice. So, yeah, because my voice is shot. Like it is not <laughs> great at the minute. I mean, it was never good, but now it's terrible. So, yeah, when I videoed myself from the open mic, I was like, oh, shit, you need to practice more, boy. Like, yeah, but it wasn't that like you were like, oh my god, I am the worst human being. And I was listening to it. Like, yeah, he's a bit flat here and there, but that's it. It's a little flat, though. Like, more often than I want to be. But yeah. <laughs> man, you've got to be hard on yourself sometimes. Speaking of being a little bit off, though, in terms of vocals, uh, the other week we talked about vocal tuning and just like, yep. tidying up those small little bits here and there. And we, I felt a bit bad at the time, kind of picked on Vanda, uh, Vanda Essay, uh, to mention it with her song. And um, she got back in touch, actually which was really lovely. And because nice. I, I worried we might have killed her confidence. And um, <laughs> we did not, actually. She wrote to us to say that it was a really cool review. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. She said that upon listening again, I actually agree with you. Now you've explained vocal tuning. And it's only something that I'm learning right now during my sort of university studies. So I would be totally up for a remix and relook at the song. Thank you very much for your tips and your help. And she's definitely up for an interview, although she cheekily said that she's probably going to have to start playing Pokemon so we actually have something to talk about, um, <laughs> which which was quite funny. So, uh, well done, Chris. Nice picking up on that. Hell yeah. And uh, it's, that actually ties into my uh, thinking about, about tuning again. Uh, so I'm going to make, I'm going to, yeah. Um, uh, first, first the song, uh, Super Blue by Mr. Wives. Yeah. Like what, what genre is that? <laughs> is that cool. Uh, fu- cool pop, is the genre. Super cool. Cool. Yeah. 
what a freaking great singer, man. Like the vocal harmonies are just insane. And the arrangement is so, I usually don't like super happy music. Uh, because I grew up on sad heavy metal songs, but but when a happy song catches me, it catches me good. And that one is so cool. Like there's so many little things here and there. Um, yeah, just not the song. I, I like that's that's the kind of music I usually don't listen to, and it surprises myself that I that I like that so much. So yeah, same as me. When you first sent it to me. It started off really like jazzy, funky, and I was kind of like, "Oh, Chris, like what? <laughs> like you, stupid, stupid man! This isn't my thing. <laughs> like, why are you sending this?" And um, I was cycling home with like one headphone in, and I sent you a voice memo actually telling you this. Yeah, and it was so cool. I was like, "Oh, this suits this mood. Lovely. Like, just kind of chilling. It's warm evening. I was just in a t-shirt cycling home." It was really nice. And um, just the vocal harmonies are beautiful, actually. Really, really beautiful. This lovely dreamy feel. Oh, I really like that song. And I don't like happy music at all, especially stuff that's very, like, empowering, like, I'm going to take on the world and everything's great. No, I don't like that sort of shit. Just say everything (laughs) sucks. Like, it's okay. It's more relatable. Yeah, just say it's all shit. I hate myself. Great. But... um, (laughs) But this was really good. Wonderful find. Yeah, yeah. Um, what I like, especially uh, about uh, about her, the singer, is that, that she doesn't want to sound like freaking Billie Eilish like yeah. everybody else does at the moment. When I heard that song, I was like, damn, she got some pipes, brah. She like yelling and stuff and belting and every other, like, no, I'm not shitting on Billie Eilish. Like, she's so super talented yeah, and everything. Totally, totally. Uh, but ever since her first album dropped, everybody's just singing like this all the time. Yeah. And I was, oh my God. Yeah. Okay. That's cool for like two songs, but Jesus Christ, <laughs> just open your mouth. Yeah. That's not weird. <laughs> no, but I know you, it's not my thing either. This kind of like, uh, how can I really put it? Um, like kind of this strained kind of almost spoken kind of yeah, voice. Yeah, it's yeah. just not my thing, especially with a very, very breathy yeah, and with like with a very, very thick English accent all the time as well. And it's, mm-hmm. it's just really not my thing. Um but with this it wasn't like that at all. It was really just I don't know. How do I describe the voice on this song? Because it does have a little bit of that like English accent kind of thing in it, which I'm not a massive fan of. But um, hmm. where everything's so well pronounced. However, it, it didn't feel. It almost felt like she was not really putting a lot of effort into it. I mean that in a really yeah, good yeah. way. Like it's a very like pr- playful and um, yeah, yeah. Oh, I really liked it. Really, 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 really yeah. liked it. So. so I I found out about them because of another artist. I don't think I ever. Hmm. I don't think I ever mentioned her. Tessa Violet. No. She's, uh, she, I think she used to be like a regular vlog YouTuber and just uploaded songs, like played with a ukulele or just an acoustic guitar. Uh-huh. Very, like basic songs, nice songwriting, uh, but nothing special. And then she started to release albums and got, I don't know, one, two, three, four, I don't know how many producers. And like her tracks just, the production is so insanely good like the because she tends to write the same four chords mm, like mm, the four chords mm, uh, 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 you know the ones mm, mm. and that's fine like okay uh but it gets repetitive especially uh, when you like just play them over and over with a guitar and just a vocal mm. but when you put some crazy production around it like it gets yeah, you can still pick up on it, but it, it's getting like harder, mm. especially for mm. non-musicians. Mm. And the first song I like uh, that I really loved from her was "Crush," um, and the the album I think is called "Bad Ideas." And there's uh, one song on there that's called "Bored." Cool. Uh, I think uses the four chords as well. "Crush" does as well. And there's a remix with the singer of Mr. Wives, Tessa Violet, featuring Mr. Wives. Uh, "Bored" is the song. 
bored of waking up, I'm so bored. Bored of what's inside my cup, I'm so bored. I'm exhausted by my heart. I'd feel good if only I could finish what I started. I'm so bored. I'm never tired in my bed. I'm so bored. All these thoughts inside my head. I'm so bored. Bored of being all alone. Just hoping I find purpose in these pictures on my phone. So to to go full circle uh, with the tuning thing. On one Tessa Violet album is a song called "Make Me a Robot." Mm-hmm. And I, I, you can't find that on Spotify, weirdly enough. Uh, you can only find it on YouTube uh, in weird quality, and I on Amazon, I think. Okay. And she basically, I think it's a song about depression and anxiety and whatever, but it's like sung from the point of view of a ro- of a, of a man, of a human that wants to be like more of a robot, like cold and unfeeling, and just basically to shut herself off from emotions right mm. and they tune her voice like they heart tune her voice mm, mm. they're using it as an actual effect mm, and mm. they keep pushing it over a song like it gets it gets more intense in the choruses and and that's when that's what i love about autotune like you can make it so so artificial and unreal mm, mm. combine that with the lyrics about being a robot and whatever that's amazing again the same four chords <laughs> But so cool. Uh, like, mm. I really, like, Tessa Violet, make me a robot. Mm. And mm. yeah, that's that's tuning in a, in a very um, cool, creative way. So yeah, that's what I've been listening to, motherfucker. Nice. Um, we, speaking of past guests, because uh, Vanda was on here previously, and we really need to get her back on for season two, where we go a bit nuts. And yeah. uh, sh- someone else got back in touch who I talked about the other week, and uh, that was the duo I've discovered since Son of a Pixel, who mm. got in touch on Facebook. They were very, very lovely about it. Well, you might remember we featured their song. Uh, oh, what was it called? Jesus. Uh, no, it's not called Jesus. Their previous song. Ah, that was it. Their previous song is called Bug Fix. That was it. Oh, yeah. Uh, do you wanna be my bug fix, baby? Something like that. It was really, it was really silly and kind of dumb. And I was, you know, I liked it, but it was, I wasn't sure. Are oh, you a sort of joke band or not? You know, like, is this a sort of joke thing? Is this your thing? This comedic rock? Um, and they responded, which was really nice to say that no, they're not. Um, but they do do some silly tracks. Um, so here's a more serious one. There's someone called Digi Hell, which I listened hmm. to. And um, I kind of liked it. I think some of the observations are a little bit on the nose. It's really about internet trolls and how they're just the cancer of cyberspace, effectively. And the video is super cool. The animation is great. I really, really liked it. But no, I really, so I like this track, Digi Hell, a lot more sort of, as you would expect, metal. Again, it's still got their their stamp on it with this sort of what they call Nintendo metal, I think, which is all of these sort of 8-bit soundtracks in the background and stuff like that. But for being two people, bassist and guitarist, and both singing as well, it's got quite a lot of depth to it. And I'm pretty impressed how they put it all together. I guess they play live with a lot of backing, obviously. But um, even so, very well done. And uh, yeah, the lyrics, as I say, a bit on the nose sometimes. However, yeah, everything online sucks. And if I have to see KYS, bro, any more time <laughs> online, I think I'm just going to start going mad. You mad, bro? Question mark. I've been listening to and uh, another song I've been listening to because I watched the film Don't Look Up have you seen this by the way this film Uh, bits of it but yeah I wasn't wasn't a fan really the thing is I was and I don't know why because objectively speaking it's not a great film but there were things about it that I just really that really touched me 
in the moment, I guess. And that is because I do perpetually feel like I'm in the headspace of Leonardo DiCaprio's character, which is, I don't know what the fuck is going on here, but we should all be panicking the fuck out. Like, we just should. And so I felt somewhere Mm -hmm. in between, sorry, Jennifer Lawrence's character, not Leo's. Leo's a bit more scientific and quiet. Um, So I think I really sort of resonated with that. But the closing track from Bon Iver is really pretty and surprisingly touching for a film that lacks a lot of emotional depth. Um, so I really enjoyed that. And, uh, Ella heard it the other day and she said, it's nice. So I was like, okay, that gets your approval. Then, then, then I can talk about it. So Boniver, Second Nature, obscure lyrics, over-instrumentation, you know, normal ambient folk stuff that Boniver do, really. It's pretty, you know it's them straight away. Yeah. But I liked it. Really, really pretty track. Very well put together. Um, and if you listen to it on a good set of headphones, you can really detect that there's about 50 instruments at once. It's really, really yeah. nice. So uh, I like that a lot. Oh, one more song. I want to mention, I've listened to this week, Emma Elizabeth, Some Kind of Paradise. Slipped right off the tip of my tongue Flowers burn and then they bloom They shoot out from beneath the rose And they turn it into some kind of paradise Some kind of paradise Some kind of paradise uh, Really kind of dark um, Twin Peaks David Lynch Psych pop rock kind of vibe uh, Kate, Dude. Kate Bushy And uh I really liked it. She's a Swedish singer, originally from Malmo, and uh, I've seen her live, and we totally should get her on here. She's based in Berlin these days. And it's from her third album, and uh, the title track, actually, from her third album. Um, Check out some of her other stuff. Check out the song Pilot. That's very good. Easy sort of pop song, but very nice. Stolen Love is Pleasant and Cavalry are three tracks to recommend from her. So Emma Elizabeth. And uh, yeah, I should totally speak to her at some point. Should we go into fact or fiction before we talk about oh, yeah. a pedal that we love, or one that I especially love, and uh, that is the time machine, right? From uh, yes, from Beringer of all, it's people. the vintage time machine, my friend. Yeah, from Beringer of all people, but um, yep, it's a really <laughs> a rip off. It's a really good pedal. Yep. So we'll talk about that at the end and geek out first. Fact or fiction, and a jingle is upcoming. So. You're supposed to say, hit it, man. I'll hit it! <laughs> <laughs> thought, you, thought this was your thing now. Hang on, I, I, gotta, I gotta add something to it. I got me this app that can do the following. That horn, man. <laughs> Fact or fiction. Fact or fiction. This week, yeah. it's just going to be surprising classic rock facts. I'm going to give you five. Let's do five. And you have to tell me if they're fact or fiction. Okay? Cool. So they're all classic rock people, all sort of legend stuff. Led Zeppelin. We all know who they are, obviously. Came up with the title Black Dog for their song, Black Dog, when a black Labrador walked through the studio. Um. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> Fact. A really boring okay. story. 
a lot of people think it's about you know what is it is it with drug addiction and stuff you have the black dog yeah of of course everything every lyric from the 70s has to be about LSD. exactly so a lot of people think it's that um and that was obviously what it's about no don't put so much thought into it there was just yeah. a black dog in the studio which one is that could you hum that uh oh uh it's got a really cool riff oh maybe Oh, that one! Oh, that is so weird from from the time and everything. That's cool. Oh, that that riff is fantastic as well. Yeah, and the time switches. Right. It's really hard to play. Like, yeah, dude, I don't know shit about Led Zeppelin. I mean, you just need to know they ripped off blues musicians from the early 1900s, and that's basically it. So, very good. Uh, next one, Ronnie Van Zant, uh, the singer of Leonard Skinner. He was buried in a Neil Young T-shirt. Oh, yeah, yes, yes. It is true. It, yeah. Even though they pretended to hate each other, that's why they wrote "Sweet Home Alabama" as like a diss track towards Neil Young, um, and he wrote "Southern Man" as a diss track towards them. They actually very much liked each other. And got on very well. And it was all just a bit of a joke. And uh, all right. they liked each other a lot. And um, Cool. A Neil Young song, Powderfinger, was written for Leonard Skinner. But uh, he couldn't sing it. And unfortunately never got the chance to. Because then, of course, Leonard Skinner, a lot of the band died in a plane crash. So um, I was going to ask. It was a plane thing, right? Yeah. Okay. Three more. Let's do these. Three more. Uh, when he was young, Malcolm Young from ACDC worked in a sex toy factory. Hmm. Hmm. I don't... Hmm. I'm gonna go with fiction. It is. You're on a roll this week. Yeah. It is fiction. But he did work at a bra factory. Instead. All right. <laughs> there we go. The, uh, my man Villavallo from him uh, worked in a sex shop uh, for his father. Wow. Uh, before he started him, yeah. He put out a new single and he's going to come to Berlin. See, I was going to, say, uh, to talk about that I that I listened to that single. Oh, whatever. Okay. Well, Sounds like a hymn song. It's great. I like it. There, <laughs> there we, we go. go. <laughs> Done. Done. Uh, next one. William Bailey is the real name of Axl Rose. Is it? Don't know. you got to tell me, man. Oh, right. Oh, that's, oh, that's a question. Uh um, no, it's not. It is. <laughs> that, that is yeah. it. Okay, so I was gonna. I, I, I was thinking this might be some of those half truths. Yeah. Okay, so it's not X Rose, but it's actually William. His name is William Bailey. Very boring. And Axel Rose is just an anagram of oral sex. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's that. <laughs> Lost for words. I mean, what else do you need to to talk about there? there Is that go. how he like he hooked up with girls, <laughs> dude? You, you girl, you gone anagram my, my name, and you gonna know what we'll do tonight. I bet that what that that's what his icebreaker was. Yeah, it'd be something really corny, wouldn't it? Stevie Ray Vaughan, we know him, right? Mm-hmm. Another plane crash, right? Do, do you know? Do you know? I don't know how Stevie died. Uh, which is really awful because I actually like his music a lot and I should know more about his actual death. I just, I really, it's one of those facts that has just disappeared <clears throat> from my from my head. A helicopter mm-hmm. crash. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah right. it was a helicopter crash. It was... Uh, what the fuck was up in the 70s and 80s? Like, uh, Randy Rhodes also died in a plane Well, this crash. was much lighter. Like, he died in 1990? All right. I think... Uh, hold on, let me look while we're here. The wonder of the internet. Uh, yes, Stevie Ray Vaughan died August 27th, 1990. The investigation concluded the cause was pilot error and Vaughan's family filed for wrongful, wrongful death lawsuit against Omniflight Helicopters and it was settled out of court. There's that. Okay. Anyway, your last fact, Stevie Ray Vaughan. Yes. He uh, played guitar on David Bowie's Let's Dance album. Sure. He did. He very much did. Cool fact, though. And what a yeah. bizarre pairing. I would have never have put those two together in a studio, ever. Fact or fiction, four out of five. Good performance. Nice. I am awesome. Oh, man! Woo! 
I am awesome. Tell us if you want us to do another topic, by the way. People who are listening, pick a topic, send us a question. I don't know, anything. Yeah. And we will tell you how stupid we are. Chris, you're going to take most of the rest of this episode because we don't have a guest this week. Um, next time it will be Annalisa Lombardo to talk about vocal coaching and vocal teaching and singing and songwriting and how to balance being a nanny and looking after kids and being a teacher. It's uh, She's got a quite a hectic life, but lovely. We'll talk to her next time. So you're going to take us through now. A pedal. Ashley and Chris, they love all kinds of gear. Also now they're broke, they are super noise-friends. Yes. From a brand that is very well known, but not necessarily well respected, but occasionally... Oh, but that has been changing. But I was just going to say, occasionally would blow things out the park a bit, and now I think their reputation is somewhat being reassessed. Yes, we're talking about uh, Beringer or Behringer, uh, the company of one Uli Behringer, a German fella. And they have been known for the last 15, 20 years, I think, basically as a company that rips off other people's work <laughs> and sells it for a fraction of the original price. Um, they still do that. But now they like, like, like they try to make stuff available that hasn't been available for the last twenty to thirty years, mm. um, because they mainly used to like build guitar pedals and mixing consoles. But Uli Beringer seems to be like a huge fan of old school synthesizers. And most of the eight seventies and eighties stuff has never been available again after the the original runs, mm. and so he started to gather components and rebuild them. And now he re-releases all the stuff that everybody wants for, like I said, a fraction of the price. And like people are like super into it because they actually do a really good job. Mm. Mm. Uh, so I I never played an original. Um, what's it called? Odyssey. But I have the reissue right behind me and it feels and plays great and it costs 400 euros. I think if you find an original one, you pay three to five thousand once mm -hmm. and it needs to get serviced like every other, other day because components just fall apart and you can't replace them and whatever. So yeah, uh, Beringer, Behringer, like they really um, they're appreciated these days. Mm, mm. And I remember when I when I started to play guitar, uh, especially in in like guitar shops, everybody was like, "Oh, dude, you do not want to buy a bearing a pedal." Mm, mm. I had the uh, like a plastic red one that was called Ultra Metal. I think that was my first guitar pedal for twenty bucks. Twenty bucks, bro. Wow. Yeah, but okay. So today we're gonna talk about the vintage time machine. Um. That is basically a copy of the original Electra Harmonics Memory Man. Deluxe Memory Man? I think Deluxe Memory Man. I think it's the Man. Deluxe Memory Man, which is pretty yeah. expensive. I think, like, some of the... Like, the guys that are known for soundscapes, and so, like your uh, Radiohead and whatever, they do still have those original ones and uh, swear by them. Like, mm -hmm. if you want that sound, you gotta have the original or whatever. And, like, people... They actually don't just like the delay sound of it, but the built-in preamp. Like, there have been numerous accounts of people turning down the echo function and just using it to boost their sound. Mm -hmm. So, uh, like the Echoplex, which is another delay that has been known for just boosting the sound. Okay, whatever. So, Behringer, Behringer decided to <laughs> rip them off uh, and build their own version of it called the Vintage Time Machine. Um, similar casing, like pretty big for a pedal, for a delay pedal. It can't, can't be compared to a regular size boss pedal more. I think that's four to five boss pedals next to each other. Mm, mm. Uh, takes up a lot of real estate on the pedal board. So not really a, these days, geek worthy, um, pedal. Mm, mm. And it was originally, how much was it originally? I think it was about 30 bucks. Okay. 
So should we, for people who have no idea about um, pedals and effects, maybe uh, explain like how a delay works with its parameters? I think we should. Cool. So if you are already in the know, uh, just skip ahead two minutes for sound examples. So a delay, a delay pedal, it basically takes the signal you put into like your guitar and delays it for a certain amount of time and then repeats it like an echo. Before there were any delay pedals, there was only one way to get an echo. You had to go into the mountains. Hmm. Or <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. And then uh, things happen like oil can delays. And after that, there were bucket brigade chips, like analog chips that could replicate a sound that came into them uh, and replicated. And of course, tape machines. Uh, like a real tape echo basically writes in real time the signal that you put into the tape and repeats it mm. for a certain mm. amount mm. of uh, times. Mm. Um, tape delays is another like stuff. If you have a, a, an original tape delay, that shit is expensive. And they only just started for a couple of years ago to actually re uh, build new tape delays with uh, little cassette decks. And again, very expensive. Mm. Mm. Of course, later came digital and then... Sky's the limit. Now, a basic delay has mostly three parameters uh, that you can like influence. There's the actual um, what's the word? Like the the mix level between the original uh, signal and then the echo signal. That's being called a, either a dry wet mix or just a mix or a level knob. Uh, you put a signal in, and then when the delayed signal comes out, the 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 mix control basically uh, how loud is that affected signal? Yeah, cool. So then there's a feedback knob. Uh, feedback also sometimes gets called repeat, and that basically controls how many delays or echoes you get at the end. Mm. So if you turn it all the way down, you have one repeat. If you turn it all the way up. It either keeps on going forever or it gets louder and louder and louder, which is called self-oscillation, mm. uh, which is a thing that only analog and tape delays usually do. Mm. Mm. Digital delays can emulate that, but originally that was something that only uh, analog delays could. And then there's the delay time. So how much time is in between each echo? Mm. And that goes from a couple of milliseconds in, in analog delays to forever seconds in digital delays yeah. i think the tc electronic flashback which is super uh, well known mm. as a um, digital delay has th three seconds i think or two two and a half seconds between each wow so that I mean, borders on unusable, unusable. for standard yeah. applications yeah. okay so the cool thing about the vintage time machine or the memory man uh, is that it also has a, a fourth control which uh, adds an effect onto the echo signal and it's a switch switchable one as well so you can either have a chorus effect or a vibrato effect on the on the affected signal so mm. your, your your like original guitar sound still goes in and comes out again but the echo sound will be affected mm. Mm. yes okay and then it does have the preamp function so there is an actual like level knob that you can influence your guitar's uh, volume with which is a bit weird because you have like the mix control that makes your sound you know, louder or quieter. Mm. And then you ha can boost it again with the level. Mm. So you actually can, if you kick it on, get some distortion from the amp just by boosting mm. the signal with the pedal. Mm. It's, that is a really unique function and not a lot of... Because most of the time you don't want your pedals to actually affect... The amp. The, uh, the amp. Yeah. Right. Okay, so I've prepared on the trusty Helix, uh, for which we did an extra episode. Uh, I've prepared a regular clean sound, and then I'm going to add uh, later a Tube Screamer in there. And we're going to show you how it sounds with the delay and without it and all the things, okay? Yep. So this is the first, this is the clean signal, just the guitar through the quote-unquote amp. And for everybody that's interested, that's uh, an emulation of a Fender Deluxe vibrato with some Zilla caps. Mm -hmm. 
really I like those like Fender crystal clean mm. and, it, and it's a telly that I'm playing a telly with Seymour Duncan vintage stacks in there on the middle position mm. that's a bridge that sounds like indie rock yeah, I was going to say you've just you've just made like an indie rock song like that's just... <laughs> <laughs> like Arctic uh, Monkeys middle... or something yeah 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 right uh, middle position which is my favorite position you know what I mean I should have tuned that. That's better. And then there's the uh, neck position. Gonna play some reggae, bro. <laughs> I agree <laughs> with your that. middle position, by the way. It is my favorite switching position. Even on a strap. Yeah, yeah. It's always my favorite. I don't know why. I actually uh, for for one tour I actually like taped it f- fixed so couldn't get uh, any other sound out of there. Mm. That was great. Okay, so now I'm gonna add the delay pedal in there um, with a very basic, I think, couple of repeats. I don't know how many milliseconds in, in repeat time. No, but it's just to show you what it is. Yes, and there we go. Oh, that's lush. Yeah, it is. I'm, I'm gonna make it a bit louder, and so there's no no uh, the, the the actual echo effect is not being affected by the vibrato um, circuit right now. No. So the cool thing about analog delays is that. Um, due to the nature of the circuits, the this the, the the echo signal will never sound exactly like the original signal. No. It's not a a one to one replica. Uh, that's because of the preamps and of, of like the as far as I understand it, and I'm not a tech guy. There's like filtering happening at the end to get rid of the clock noise. Mm. Like the uh, the 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 actual clock inside is basically just a yeah, yeah. So, and you shouldn't be able to hear that, and that's why there's a high cut filter, or a low pass, if you will, that makes the delay sound in the end more like warmer. Mm, mm, and that's mm. what people especially like about analog delays that it it gets it gets more mushy at the end. Yeah, it does. Yeah, that that that, that was kind. Of, I didn't know how to explain it, but good. But it kind of sounds like like a spaceship going away like it gets more like warmer yeah 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 kind of like it i'm going to uh like uh make um turn the the mix knob to 100% wet so that we can only like hear the affected signal at the end yeah yeah you can really hear how lo-fi that is like mm. it sounds almost distorted at the end yeah yeah like it's really sort of fading out. Yeah. Yeah. Losing its fidelity. <laughs> Murph's just started to meow along. Whenever I play guitar, it's really weird. I when I play electric guitar, Murph uh, starts to meow along. Oh, that's yeah, lovely. It's really cool. It's only with electric guitar and especially if I'm playing with headphones. It's super weird, but he like <laughs> Okay. So now I'm gone show I'm going to turn down the delay time so the repeats come quicker. Mm. And turn down the feedback a bit so less repeats. And that's what's being called a, a, a slapback delay. Mm, mm, mm. Which is a pretty popular setting. Yeah. Even I use yeah. slap black delay a lot, and uh, it's 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 a pretty usable, versatile, mm. standard setting. Yeah, kind of kind of like old schooly thingy. You don't hear a slap back in like rock or metal. Well, some kind of rock, but not in modern no. rock uh, productions. And it's more of yeah. No, you hear a bit in stuff like the Black Keys use it sometimes and stuff like that, which is a bit more rocky. But again, that's a bit more bluesy, 1950s yeah. rockabilly kind of sound. Yeah. So. Which I like. It's that sort of thing. So, 
oder Surf Stuff, right? Ja, ja. Exactly. Der kann es sein. Und Surf Surf Rock always has that rundown. All the time. Yeah. Every time there's a run down the string. <laughs> oh, hang on. How's that? How's that Tarantino thing? <laughs> yeah, that one. Yep. <laughs> okay. Um, now let's add in some vibrato. I'm going to turn up the delay time again. So more time in between. And more repeats. And now we're going to add in some vibrato. And this is where it's get, it gets like really interesting sound-wise. Yeah. Yeah, now we're getting into sort of like um, psychedelic. Psychedelic, yeah. Yeah, um, the vibrato setting, and this is the th uh, the chorus setting. That's the thing. You um, this pedal has actually like two outputs: one for the uh, like just the clean signal, and one for the effect signal. And the chorus really starts to shine then because uh, a chorus is basically a detuned signal combined with a clean signal. Mm -hmm. So this might sound a bit weird right now. Because you only hear the detuned delayed signal, yeah. but still has its like really has its char uh, charm. Sounds like it's drunk. <laughs> it, it does. That is a drunk guitar. Yeah. So again, like not really for for standard applications. Not really that usable. No, but, but you could easily still. take some of the long tail from that, have some sort of ambient dark intro or whatever, like for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right. Okay. Um, Self-oscillation. So that's cool. Um, can get really loud. I try to like not blow everybody's ears off. So if you crank the feedback of the of the delay, basically the repeats, um, to, to full full blow. They like come in and out again and again and again and again mm. until the chip basically loads over yeah. and you have this constant noise. Mm. And if you then affect the delay time, you get these really, well, let's call them spaceship sounds. Mm. Mm. And if you like play, uh, pay close attention to 70s and or maybe even 60s and 70s science fiction series like the original run of Doctor Who and stuff, you can hear self-oscillating delays being used for alien sounds and spaceship sounds yeah. like all over the place. Yeah. That's basically the foundation of sound design. Mm -hmm. Also, I'm, I'm, also sorry. playing with delay is just one of the most fun things to do. It's so mm. fucking fun. Like, it really yeah. is. Like, I set up in the other room, the flashback sometimes, and when you get it really self-oscillating but change the time, it's really cool because you just get this sort of constant noise and then we'll go, you know, oh no, whatever. And then you can hear it go like... Because it's gradually getting shorter. And so yeah. I love playing with it. And I love watching people play with it live. It's how a lot of bands do their transitions between songs and stuff as well. Yeah. They just play yeah. with delay time and things to make this kind of weird soundscape and then into the next song. It's one of the most fun things to play with. I love it. You can make some yeah. some bizarre noises. Absolutely. If you combine that with with other effects, like it gets it gets only crazier. So putting that through reverb makes it sound like this whole wall of sound thing mm -hmm. again. Uh, hang on, I'm gonna crank up the feedback now. Disclaimer: At this point, this might blow your ears off.
You could almost do a wolf whistle with it. Yeah, <laughs> like you can really make it talk. Yeah. So yeah, like diff- even different stages of um, our self-isolation in there. At the at the beginning, it sounded more like that's when the chip overloaded. Like mm. it actually started clipping. Mm. Um, if you turn the like turn the, the mix knob again down and like ease a bit back on the gain inside the pedal, like it, it gets more like a an actual tone that can like a, a note that can be heard. Mm. That mm. was at the end there, mm. uh, and yeah, like you really can. Do some crazy sound stuff. Hang on, I'm gonna add a reverb mm. again. that's borderline borderline creepy actually yeah yeah right can really go nuts with this and then uh, afterward record it and affect it again and stuff you see a lot of people use this not just rock musicians by the way we, we mainly talk rock and, rock and pop musicians but of very few some electronic artists use pedals on stage like this as well to affect things and you yeah. see them playing with it constantly and that's how you get all of these builds where it's like and then drop there's a drop of course because there is but um it's just so cool i love playing with delay i really do yeah it's so fun when I when I bought myself the original TC Electronic Flashback, although it does have like tape and analog emulations in there, it does not self oscillate. No, and I was so disappointed. Yeah. I was like, no man, shit. <laughs> a cheap pedal from Toman. I can't even remember what it's called. And the only reason I bought it, it's not a great delay pedal. I, do, I can't remember what it's called. I need to find it. But it does self oscillate. And that was what all of the reviews said. It's a shit pedal. But the self-oscillation feature is worth it just for that. Just yeah. to fuck around yeah, yeah. with. Um, and that's what I play with a lot. And who do you know I can't remember what it's called? But anyway. One of my like uh favorite bands of all time, I've talked about them loads, is uh, Dretch, and yep. the guitar player uses the uh, Ibanez DE7. And the, he has one just for self-oscillation, and he actually uses it, uses it, oh my god, uses uses it to um to add a r- rhythmic component to the song yeah like yeah. he he uh, puts the pedal on and off um hang on maybe i can replicate that so you can hang on if uh Wow. Stuff like that, like just off the top of my head. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, you can, like one of the greatest songs to for, uh, to ever feature that is uh, by Dredge, Same Old Road. Like, he uses it as so, in a, in a cool and creative way. And yeah, of course, uh, the standard thing that you can do with uh, every delay, if you like dial in the time setting perfectly you can do the the u2 thing where where the delay comes in between your pick notes so you, it makes it sound like if you're playing a lot faster than you actually are mm-hmm. and uh yes now we're getting into now we're getting into pink floyd kind of yeah oh yeah right the the wall yeah or run like hell. Yeah. Now we're getting into sort of run like hell territory. Yeah, right. There we go. So. Or like. That would be you too. That's you too. With a bit of reverb. Yeah. And all you're doing is picking single notes. And I remember yeah, right. I had this. Um, Shout out to Callum, by the way. Callum, a friend of mine who does listen to this occasionally. Uh, one of my old uni flatmates. He, um, he, when we were about 18, was really into guitar. Really, really good player. I don't. I hope he still plays. And um, 
I remember he was obsessed with Run Like Hell from Pink Floyd. This kind of sound. And it sounds like you're strumming loads of notes. And I remember I would hear him in his room trying to pick as fast as he could hear the song and just finding it impossible until eventually, I think one day it twigged. Oh, he's using a delay pedal. <laughs> like he's actually yeah. just only playing, going like donk, 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 <laughs> and it's just the yeah. the tail of it. Um, and when he done that, I think he was kind of like, "Wait, what? Like, <laughs> why am I trying to speed pick this?" So, vintage time machine. Uh, where I first fell in love with it was I've never owned one, by the way. I just remember we talked about pedals we owned on a very early episode, and you said you got one, and I remembered thinking, "Ah, oh, but they're cheap." sort of piece of crap that I've played a few times. And the application I had for it was to sound like the Smiths, actually. Mm. Like this sort of 80s jangly, slightly delayed flock of seagulls, the Smiths guitar sound. Yeah. And for that, it was really cool. Almost Brian Adams-y kind of rhythm stuff. That, it was great and I loved it. But I kind of ignored it and just never bought it because I was like, well, it's, you know, it was like 40 euros or something. I was like, it, was like, it can't be good. Like, it can't be. <laughs> So I just sort of played it once at a store and left it. Well, you made a good investment, sir, because you cannot find them anywhere now, these pedals. Yeah. And they're worth quite a bit of money now, right? I think I saw one on eBay the other day for 120 bucks. Like, <laughs> it's quite a sought-after thing um, now. For a freaking rip-off, that's so, that's so funny. <laughs> it is funny, but it's also a very good pedal. So, but you would totally recommend this pedal then overall. Yeah, yeah, like for certain applications, I think like still my favorite delay pedal of all time is the Boss DD7, uh, especially for the analog setting. But like just for for weird sound effects and stuff and uh, sound design, and I want to sound like shit. That's the pedal to go. Yeah, mm-hmm. excellent. Thank you for that yes. little run through. <laughs> Should we end on Desert Island Playlist? Do you have a song? Oh, yeah. I, I, no, you should you start. I, I don't have one either. So I'm going to pick one <laughs> off the top of my head um, that, that I would like. So <laughs> I'm stuck on a desert island. What have I been addicted to on Spotify recently? I, as you know... Web by Cardi B. <laughs> 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 no, but thank you. Um, I'm going to put that on there. Uh... I've been Why not? I've been listening to a lot of metal at them recently on Oh my god. Spotify. You like the Satan now. I do. I've gone gone to <laughs> gone to the Satan. But no, He is a Lucifer. Yeah. So uh let's stick on Iron Maiden on the Desert Island playlist. Why not? Any of oh, wow. them. But let's go let's go there more sort of poppy poppy metal stuff. Can I play with madness? Why not? That's a good song. Like that one a lot. There was a couple of other songs I should put on there. What's been on my most listened to recently on Spotify? Uh, I can tell you. Oh, actually, why doesn't that go on there? Okay, I'm picking two. Rage Against the Machine, Bulls on Parade. I love that song. That is a wonderful song. And it makes me fucking angry. And I yeah. like it. So, like- uh, What's the, like the, the one that everybody likes by Rage Against the Machine? Uh- Killing in the Name. That that one was played at the gym last week, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, dude! Now I'm I'm really like doing this." Uh, now <laughs> really? I'm going to read all the terms and conditions of a website and then click no. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm gonna go with pills by Blackfield. Wow, I don't is, know this one at all. Yeah, it's one of the uh, many side projects of Mr. Stephen Wilson. Huh. And that's a good one. Um, has it has like really a, a Blackfield? I don't know. Oh man, that's, the other musician of Blackfield is actually the mastermind be, behind it, I think. And hang on, uh, what's his name? Porky Brian, Stephen Wilson, and the uh, Israeli. Uh, hang on, I need the English version of Wikipedia so that I don't mess up my words. An Israeli rock singer Aviv Jeffen. And I think he's actually the, the one who's like leading this ship. Oh, and yeah. but the, the song that I'm referring to, Pills, uh, from the album four. Um 
actually sounds more like a Porcupine Tree song. Mm, mm. Uh, but really, like, very melancholic, very, I do not want to sit in a bathtub while listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got one more song uh, to stick on there, actually. Dude, you've been long on that island. I mean, we're going to be on there a long time. Um, and it's something that I came across <laughs> by a recommendation from Lisa Akua, who we both love. We talked about her a lot. Mm. Um, and after I finished listening to it, it suggested I listen to um, to to this. So, and this is a band called Kill Kelly. Mm-hmm. And uh, kind of singer-songwritery folk stuff. Normal stuff. A songster of Irish persuasion is how he. I was going to ask. That sounds like Kilkenny, isn't that an Irish beer? Exactly. He's an Irish singer songwriter, but it's actually a band of people. Connor Kilken- <coughs> Kil- Kelly is uh, vocals and guitar, and then he has a bunch of band as well. So the band named after him, and it was, I think he's based in Berlin actually, and uh, was recorded at the same studio as Lisa Kua's album, Famous Gold Watch Records. Uh, maybe they should be our sponsor. One time. And um, it's really cool. He's got an album, or they've got an album called The Prick and the Petal. Came out a little while ago, 18 months ago or so. But a song came on that I really loved. It's called Anywhere But Here Will Do. It was really, really nice. And kind of kind of summed up the hopelessness of my day at that point. So, um, no, I really, really liked that track. So, actually, I'm going to stick that on there. Thank you very much, Chris, as always. Yes, thank you. And se- for having me well, you're on all- your podcast. You're, you're always here. And season two. <laughs> season two starts soon. Where shit yeah. gets weird. Check, dude, it's like in a, in a TV series, there's always like new actors. And we there's, is there going to be a third uh, host? No. <laughs> no, not... <laughs> 